from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. Wow, my ears are ringing. <laughs> it's Tiny House Podcast, and I'm Perry. And this is Mark. And where's Michelle? Where is Michelle? <laughs> She's absent. Oh, my god, Missing in action. Now, Michelle's got the flu, uh, spelled backwards, or said backwards is oof. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she's sick in her deathbed. And we're glad that she's not here because we did not want to catch that shit. No, not at all. Not and, at uh, all. Just, uh, this has nothing to do with anything, but right outside there's sitting in fact a little two-year-old, second-grade kid who yeah. said, uh, well, I, we can do this with Anita, too, I guess. Uh, he's, I don't know, what, what he'd be like, eight? Is that second grade? Anyway, Anita, he said, which I will just pass on to you, do you want to hear his pizza joke? Oh, yes. Okay, he said, well, never mind, it's just too cheesy. <laughs> wow! That joke has been flying around the office it all morning. It has been. <laughs> we, at least we thought it was funny. It, it works for Portland. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> so, so, Anita, so today's guest, um, for the listeners, this is not a conversation among the three of us, uh, today's guest is Anita Howard. Uh, hi, Anita, how are you? Great. How are you? We're really good. It's very good. It's uh, it's very good to have you. It took a while to get you on the show, but we're glad you're here. Um, Anita uh, used to live in Portland, Oregon, about two blocks from, or not two blocks, about seven blocks from where I live. And I would pass by her tiny house. You don't know this, Anita. I was a stalker, tiny house <laughs> stalker. I would walk by your house on the way to um, that park over there on Chautauqua in North yeah. Portland. I can't remember the name of the park, but... I think it's Columbia Park. You're right. It's Columbia Park. And I used to walk over uh, right past your tiny house, and every time I walked past your tiny house, I always thought, what does what does that tiny house look like on the inside? It's so beautiful on the outside. And then Michelle connected us with your website, um, uh, Lily Pad, what's it is? Lily Pad Planet. Lily Pad Planet, yes. And um, I Fear was... of a Lily Planet. <laughs> what? Oh, come on. I don't know that one. Fear of Black Planet. Public enemy. I don't know. Dude. Dude, I am. Catch up on you. Oh, my gosh. And I'm African-American. Come on, Perry. I should know that one. Absolutely. Fight the power. Come on, Perry. Fight the power. The B. Public enemy number one. You don't know that, Perry? (laughs) You know, obviously I didn't. So sad. Uh, Anyway, um, so then I saw saw the interior shots of Anita's house, a tiny house, and was blown away. It really is a beautiful tiny house. And so... Anita, we just had to have you on the show, and it's funny because we wanted to actually, we wanted to actually come to your tiny mm. house and do the show in your tiny house because you lives you had lived so close. But when we finally connected, you said you were moving to Boulder, Boulder, Colorado, <laughs> and it the, which is nice, nice move. Is it a is it a nice move? Yeah, I think so. I've I mean, never been to Boulder. From all I've heard about it, I've never been. Okay. <laughs> well, you never heard Boulder's a nice town. Is it a nice town, Anita? Yes, beautiful. So why did you move to uh, Boulder? I um, moved to Boulder to be much closer to my mom and my family, and um, that's one of the amazing benefits of having a tiny house on wheels, that it can actually move, and you take your house with you. That's for sure. Is there something going on with your mom? Like, I have a l- number of friends who are taking... Oh, my God, you're right to the your mama stuff. <laughs> oh, that's so right. I was just supposed... my mama. I'm We're sorry. I, I, dang it. She told us ahead of the show not to talk about her mama, but I thought she we meant like... in a nice way. Well, I thought she meant like your mama's got combat, wears combat boots to church or something like that. Not... <laughs> Not not seriously. Your mama wears comeback boots in Boulder. <laughs> anyway. Right. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry about that, Anita. Damn it. <laughs> so, um, we'll skip the mama question. Yes. Well, okay. I'm glad you're close to your mom. Me too. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say about my mom. Um, she's my absolute best friend ever, and we're super, super close. And due to our geographic locations, um, you know, it, it, I only saw her about once a year, so I wanted to be much closer to her and then um, spend much more quality time. So as you, uh, as you grow older, you realize that your family is um, the most precious thing ever. So that's what that, was, that move was about. Thank you. Closer to my mom. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. And so, um, <laughs> so you, you moved your tiny house to Boulder, and you've been there how long? Uh, just a couple weeks. Oh, just a couple. Wow. When did you arrive? 
Um, officially April 5th. Mm. And um, how, so we had talked earlier, I think, or maybe I saw a video of your tiny house being um, positioned in the place where it used to be in Portland. Um, yes. Yeah. And I, I think you were talking about the, 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 the scary nature of that move. How was moving from Portland to Boulder? Um, as when I talk to other <laughs> fellow tiny housers, um, anytime that your house is being moved, it can be, um, stressful is the nice way to put it. Um, just because, um, there's a bit of concern about, um, you know, how, how the whole move is going to go. So how I like to describe this transition, um, my house was built in Portland and then it only moved a total of about seven miles locally. Um, so this was the first long-distance mile, um, long-distance move. So I want to say it was over 1,200 miles from, from Portland to Boulder. Um, so that was significant, and you just um, hope for the best. And there were some bumps and bruises along the way and lots of really positive lessons learned. So, Well, can you say what some of the bumps and bruises were? <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, let's see. Some of the bumps and bruises in terms of damages um, would be, uh, for example, like a broken hitch jack that was straight out of the gate. We had um, two blown tires um, wow. in route, which is a significant and expensive. Had to put new. Um, I had already um, done some preparation and had a spare tire. Um, and then that one blew <laughs> the original tire blew, the spare tire blew, and then we had uh, brand new, um, better ply tires, which I'm not a tire or a trailer expert, so I learned a lot um, during uh, during the journey. Um, so brand new tires, so I ended up with about five uh, new tires. Wow, wow. <laughs> so, um, you know, minor things like um, scratches, um bumps and bruises inside broken window but oh I would, would like to say with the broken window it was one of the smaller windows um, and it, they're dual panes so just one of the panes was broken so I'm very grateful for that because it could have been a much larger window you know these sorts of things so um, on the positive and it did make it it did make it safely we did um, at the destination. This happened to another friend of mine that recently moved from Chicago to North Carolina. When when the house arrived at the destination, their house as well as my house sunk into the field. Oh wow! <laughs> um, so I was sunk about eight inches once once we finally arrived. Wow! Um, which required a professional towing company with like a two ton wrecker to pull the transport truck out as well as my my house and put it into place. Um, so those are just some of the some of the things that can occur, but um, some really, I think it's a it's an opportunity to evolve and to really become more educated around um, moving your tiny house. Especially mine, I think, is a palatial tiny house. It is twenty four foot long, um, and some tiny houses are even. Uh, larger nowadays, but 24 foot, um, pretty significant. My height is 13.5, which is near legal limit. So it's not a small, um, you know, more easily moved uh, house. My, my intent with this particular size and layout is that I would only move um, once every few years or infrequently. I think I would have gone much smaller had I intended to uh, move around quite a bit or as frequently um, as some other tiny housers that are making their homes much more mobile. I love how thorough you are in your uh, sharing of this information. Thank you for doing that. I, I'd like to ask some questions about the things you just shared for the listeners because I think your experience could be very valuable, as, as you've said, as an educational experience. Is that okay? Sure, yeah. Okay. So, so um, the... the where did where did the house sink into the ground? Was it where you were planning to locate the tiny house? Yes, yes. So so one lesson learned, and then also chatting with friends that recently moved their homes, is that um, the professional transport company that you select, um, they're going to be anxious to drop off your house at the end of the, at the end of the journey. They're going to be ready to uh, drop off your house and then and then leave and go on to their next. 
um, gig kind of thing. So yes, it, my house sunk into the field at the um, the host spot where where it's currently sitting. So when the transport company brought the house in, they were pretty anxious to get it all done and over with and just promptly sunk right into the, <laughs> right into the field. The host didn't know, um, of course, that the, the, the ground was very soft. That's just going to, you're going to find out when you have a very heavy house that it, it can sink. Um, so some, I do have recommendations around that. <laughs> what, what are some of the recommendations? preparation so so for um i'm trying to think of how to summarize it like from out of the gate if if um you you've had your home professionally built or you've done it yourself it's super 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 recommended to go ahead and um take your house to a way station just find the, the nearest way station um, closest in your, you know, community or your city, um, because it's really important to know how much your house actually weighs when it's sitting on top of your um, trailer. Did you know? Did you know how much your your house weighed? No, and that's so. That was actually my house is overweight. Um, it's too heavy for the the, um, the the trailer that I have it on. So that was, again, one of these lessons learned. So if you do, once your house is built and you don't have uh, any furnishings or possessions inside of it, to go ahead and take it to a weigh station and get an accurate weight, that would be very, very helpful. After the fact, I found out how much my um, trailer weighed, which is um, about 1,800 pounds, um, just for the trailer. How, how did you how did you figure that out with the tiny house sitting on it? Oh, so that I had to call the trailer oh. manufacturer. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I was trying to do the math. So we did take my house to the way station um, from Portland, right outside of uh, Portland, um, to get weighed, and then found out straight out of the gate that it was very overweight. Now I had faced the decision um, to haul the house um, on the estimate from the builder, but. You're, it's really important to get an accurate weight on your house because an estimate is just a guess. Yeah. <laughs> and the reality is that I, I needed to know how much the trailer weighed. Now I know how much the house weighs. And then I also had everything I owned inside of the house. Yeah. Now, in retrospect, that is not, that is, of course, that's lesson learned. I would not um, put anything inside the house. <laughs> I had at least 1,500 pounds worth of solar equipment. Oh, um, so it made the house, the house was overweight, and then plus I had my stuff inside of it. Um, so, again, all very, very positive lessons learned when and if the house moves again. Um, I would definitely not have anything inside of it. Um, I do have an estimate or a ballpark at least on, on how much the, the trailer and the house weigh. Um, and, and learned a lot about trailers as well because I was a bit of an early tiny houser, so my trailer was rated about 10,000 pounds, whereas now a 24-foot trailer is rated for 14,000 pounds, which is much, um, probably much more reasonable in line with what your house is actually going to weigh. So that becomes um, important. <laughs> so, so just to cu- clarify a couple of things, so, so when you moved, you kind of used your tiny house as, as a moving van also. You put your stuff in it instead of carrying it in a different vehicle, right? Yes, that, that is. And that was a bit of a risky um, guess. The, the transport company had said they felt that was fine, but that was based on the estimated weight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's all that kind of thing. So the recommendation to have your, your house weighed um, after it's built is, is very, very helpful. So you know what you're dealing with. Um, and then you can make the decision, is your house... Um, right on target in terms of what your trailer can hold or, um, <laughs> or you know, then do you take all of your worldly possessions and put it in a U-Haul um, or a moving van, you know, that kind of thing. So that will help inform your decisions. My decision um, to put everything inside of the house was based on the transportation company's recommendation. And then also um, I do have pets. I have a great uh, little dog and two senior kitties, so I was um, – sort of reluctant to go the U-Haul route because of the space, the limited space in the cabin yeah. of the moving truck. So those, those um, again, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity to, to learn. I learned about um, <laughs> a bit more about the trailers as well as um, tire plies. Like 
my 10,000 pound trailer had eight ply tires and I ended up getting more robust tires that are 10 ply, which can carry more weight. Yeah. Tires are, you know, they're rated for different weight capacities. Yeah. And, you know, these are, these are very important factors if you're, um, your house and everything you own is moving down the <laughs> moving down the freeway. So yeah, so let's let's take these one at a time because this is turning out to be a really um, really good topic for the show. Um, so the so when you moved your tiny house, did you tow it behind your moving van, or do you have professional movers towing it behind a tow vehicle or a truck or something? Yes, yes. So it was a professional towing company. Um, that was responsible for long distance moves. They had a truck. It was a one ton truck. Okay. And so you, you moved your personal possessions in a moving van in addition to them moving your house? Nope. I put my personal possessions inside of the tiny house. Oh, so, so that you, you, made the house even heavier. I see. And you rode with the movers then? Nope. I took my own personal car, okay. my mom and I, and our my three uh, little furry babies. Okay. And so, so when you. Now, I'm going to ask some questions about how your house was built. Um, and for the listeners, I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to imply any wrongdoing on the part of the builder, but I'm really curious about how your process went because we've talked with a lot of builders on our show, Anita, and especially the ones who build their own trailers say that the, one of the biggest problems that people are going to find, especially the people who built tiny houses early on, is that their trailers are screwed up. And so they can't... They can't either carry the load of the tiny house or, or like you, they maybe not intentionally, but they overbuilt the tiny house for the capacity of the trailer or the axles are not rated to carry that much weight so the axles fail. All kinds of things happen. Um, so what kind of discussion did your builders have with you as you were building this yeah. regarding the weight? Yeah. Um, during the, the build process, we were we felt together collaborative that we collaboratively that we were mindful of the different choices in terms of weight when we would discuss, for example, siding, um, you know, this sort of thing that was always taken into consideration. Um, the thing that I found really interesting is my trailer manufacturer now for a 24-foot length goes no lo lower than a 14,000-pound capacity, you know, 7,000 7, pounds on each axle for the double-axle trailer. So I think they had lessons learned. So early on, the trailers for a 24-foot like, like mine were 10,000 pounds. And then somewhere along that, you know, I, my, mine was a couple of years, purchased a couple of years ago. So now I thought that was very interesting because maybe it's not even reasonable to try to build. Um, mine is 2 by 4 construction stick built on um, the 10,000-pound um, trailer. So I think that was sort of a, a flag, like, oh, well, <laughs> maybe it's not um, quite, I'm not sure, but uh, maybe it's not really reasonable to try to build a 24-foot tiny house on a 10,000. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> I see. 10,000 trailer. I so see. we did, like, for example, siding, um, and then this goes into some detail, like my choice on um, insulation was a closed cell spray foam insulation. It was soy based, um, so there was no VOCs, environmentally friendly, it makes the structure strong, it makes it airtight, but there was a requirement to use drywall as a fire barrier, and my builder did, and drywall is heavy, Yeah. so my builder found ultralight drywall that was a fraction of the weight of traditional drywall, but still gave us that fire barrier protection. So I would be really curious to talk with other professional tiny house builders in terms of the decisions and choices that we made and what we could have done um, differently to make the house even lighter. Um, but I do, it's, it's that interesting dance between, um, of course, being um, more <laughs> more more savvy on, um, on your trailer and what it can hold and what that means. Um, so my, my house was, uh, there was an estimated weight, but that again is an estimation because we did not take it to the uh, weigh station. Right. So that's why I was recommending it just, while it's still brand new, fresh out of the builder or after your do-it-yourself um, work is all done, to take it to the weigh station would be priceless because then you know um, you'd be better and educated and informed on, on decisions from there. I would not never try to move my house with the stuff inside of it anymore, yeah. <laughs> you know? um, stuff like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. 
Um, so the, so now I want to, so did you have, you didn't, you had these wheels blow, but did you have any axle problems? No, knock on wood. Thank, okay. thank goodness. And I, um, um, one of the things on my action item list is there's an amazing trailer company here locally in Denver. Um, they're, they're fantastic that I was going to contact them, um, regarding what can be done, if anything, for an existing trailer in terms of, um, shoring it up or, or, you know, axles and things like that. So that would be really uh, worthwhile sharing with the tiny house community mm-hmm. what you find out, because I'm sure a lot of people are in your same situation. Yes, because you, if you find out that your house is too heavy to move, <laughs> that's not that's not good. But I, I, I did I did learn that I do have um, very robust tires now that are um, better in a position for the weight bearing. Yeah, I would have the house completely empty. There wouldn't be the additional. I'm estimating 2,000 pounds um, of possessions because 1,500 of that would be my solar array. It's very, my solar batteries are about 800 pounds just by themselves. Wow. Um, not, not counting the rack system, the, I have six solar panels, yeah. and then, you know, charge controller, inverter, things like that. So. Uh, just, just as an aside, I want to get back to the, 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 the travel issues, but I want to ask you how much of your electrical demand is met by your solar array? Um, once it's installed, it's a hundred percent. It's a pretty robust system. I um, worked with a local um, solar company in uh, Portland. He's awesome. His name is Miles um, with Light Harvest Solar. Um, you guys, have you heard of Green Acres down uh, in St. John's? Yes, I have. Okay, that's where a lot of people are currently building their tiny houses, okay. and Miles, um, my solar professional, is right there at Green Acres. Oh, cool. Um, so, yeah, 100%. Um, I think, if i just recalling, I think I'm at 1450 watts, which for this tiny house, I do have a home office, so mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that I was um, fully covered. And then I'm also in a climate now where we'll have a real winter, um, <laughs> so I was trying to make sure that I had... Um, enough of a system that would um, provide uh, electricity even through winter months. So you so you had you had your tiny house and your solar array configured knowing that you might end up in Boulder at some point? Yes. Oh wow. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Wow. Yep. That was very thoughtful. Yeah. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so the the jack that you were talking about the is uh, what is that and how did it break? Um, the hitch jack is actually uh, super important. It is um, right, um, you know how your hitch is a triangle, yes. so it's mounted inside of the hitch, um, and it's welded on. So once my, I'm super grateful, my builder was amazing. His name is Walt, and he um, is with Small, he's the owner of Small Home Oregon, and he's has been he's like family he's amazing and so he um helped me of course he built the house he helped um get it settled and stabilized in portland and then he helped disassemble and demantle everything for me and we had a checklist um to get me ready for the move so once walt came over and we were taking down the stabilizer scissor jacks and and all this stuff you know the cinder blocks to shore up the house in portland um, the weight of the house was settling down, and it just twisted, <laughs> twisted the hitch jack. Oh. Um, so that is something that I have contacted a, um, the local trailer manufacturer here out of Denver called Trailer Made Trailers, and they do have um, a, a, a welder or an expert that's um, fantastic with trailers that may be able to repair that. So I'll get that. I'm um, taking get that addressed as well. So was that a was that a was the failure of the jack a function of the overweight house on a trailer that wasn't made to accommodate that weight? Yeah, that would be my that would be my guess. Got I it. wouldn't I wouldn't want to fault um, my current trailer for any of the <laughs> any of the hardship that has been experienced. Um, I think I'll, I I would I'm speculating all of the things that occurred were because the house was way way too heavy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So the other thing that you mentioned that would I think would would cause tiny house owners hair to stand on end is a broken window. So, how did that yeah. happen? Yeah, well that is a mystery. I, I can say is when I <laughs> when I opened the door and peeked in after the house was 
you know, dropped off officially. I um, was looking around. It looked like a, it looked like chaos. It was just like a tornado. Had it was really a little, a uh, little stressful. And I saw, I saw these glints of shards, and I was like, "What is that?" Oh no! <laughs> and then I slowly closed the door. And I said, "I'll just look at this later." And then um, said, "Oh shit! It's sinking too." <laughs> yeah, exactly. so, <laughs> And I was just talking to some of my uh, my tiny house friends and, and talking about some of the fears that, you know, the biggest fears when you're moving your house. Yes, broken windows. That's kind of a big yeah. that's sort of big deal. But also, I, I wondered about, um, uh, in so my house went through Wyoming and northern Colorado, which are supremely windy, windy and they uh-huh. have semis that are blown over. Wow. And there were blowover warnings and, the, you know, over 65 mile an hour, one hour wind gusts. Wow. So that was another, you know, terrifying aspect. So, you know, of course, when I'm saying I'm just super, super grateful um, because the house is here and it is in one piece. That's kind of amazing. It made it. So, <laughs> yeah, it really is amazing. So, and, and speaking of that, when the, when the tires blew, how come the trailer didn't, the, the tiny house didn't just fall over or tumble over or something like that? I mean, that was a pretty remarkable like a thing. To, yeah. Like a no, glad, right, right. No, I'm glad that did not happen. Um, I, the, the transport company did say that they were towing very, um, pretty slowly. They would get up to maximum speed of about 45 miles an hour. Okay. And I was really happy about that. I didn't really think that my house would be, um, and that I think was because it was heavy. Mm. Again, mm-hmm. <laughs> heavy house. Um, so I was glad that they were towing it slowly. So because of that, it was probably um, good that um, when the tires blew, when I was communicating with the transport guys, they said that, um, you know, they found out right away and they just pulled over. I see. Did you drive, did you drive along with them or did you find your own way home and then let them take care of the house? Yeah, it was completely separate, and I and another my friend that landed in North Carolina. She was, we were comparing, and they she they didn't let their home out of their sight, not for one instant. They were with the house as the transport company was moving it. They have two kitties as well, and they were following it. My decision was it's it's um it's a bit terrifying the whole process, so I didn't want to see the house. Yeah. And then when I was rolling along I eighty through Wyoming, <laughs> I I saw in the distance this little oh, yeah. <laughs> little shape and I came upon it and it's it's a very strange sort of Twilight Zone thing. Like, there's your house. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And my mom was funny, she said, Well did you honk or flash your lights? I was like, No, <laughs> pictures um which i shouldn't have probably on my cell phone of the house in 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 motion and then um kept on the way and met them uh at the destination in boulder very cool so did so you have a lot of beautiful furniture in your tiny house did you secure that down in some way when they moved or what what happened with all that and and the drawers how'd you keep them from opening up and what did you do for the stuff inside okay for the stuff inside yeah um if you if your house is appropriate weight and you want to take your stuff inside of it, um, it does need to be um, very very secured and packed in a way that things won't shift around. And even the transport guys had advised you think that things aren't going to move that much, but they really do. Um, whether it be your refrigerator or and like you said drawers and yeah. um, cupboards and things. So when you're packing things in. Um, you're doing it, um, one of my friends described it like Tetris, you know, you're just mm-hmm. moving boxes and, and um, furniture in a way so that everything is um, snug and tight and won't shift around. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's what we did. I filled up, I had the, the bathroom pretty packed with like boxes and storage bins. And then the galley kitchen, um, we had talked about uh, weight distribution and putting the solar the solar batteries and the elevated rack system, which is steel, and um, the solar panels, they were all slotted into the galley kitchen, and then stuff was packed in between um, very carefully so that things wouldn't shift around. I was going to talk about the, you know, when I sunk into the field, 
one of the things that I had pre-thought about and purchased was this um, three-quarter-inch plywood, um, super, super strong plywood, and that helped when the lily pad was moved from the parking spot in Portland. We put those plywood sheets down to help, um, of course, traction and to get it down. And then when the transport guys showed up, I was wanting to take those plywood boards with me <laughs> to Boulder because you don't know about your destination. Yeah, yeah. And that would have been advisable, but they didn't see where they could actually load those plywood sheets. They were really big sheets mm. um, uh, safely inside the house because we had it pit. We had the kitchen already packed up, um. and they they felt like the plywood. If you can't secure it, it just would would have been sliding around inside. Um, so they they said we weren't going to take it, but those boards would have been perhaps helpful. <laughs> yeah, I would think they, yeah. they would have been great for that area. Were the guys that showed up guys that had already bid on it, or did they know what they were hauling, or was it a surprise when they showed up? Um, I had shared with the video, um, the video tour, which does, um, you know, it shows the interior as well as the exterior, so they did see that I had two lofts. We, we had talked about the weight, um, and then we were just sort of basing um, the action plan based on the guesstimated weight. Interesting. It's, this may sound like a dumb question, but had you considered... Well, because it's got... Our listeners we, are used to that. There it's, you that's go. true. <laughs> uh, had, had you considered um, moving your tiny house on a, tr- on a trailer, on a flatbed vehicle? Ah, that is a great question. And it did... No, Perry, it's not dumb because it, my mind went to it. My mom already she had asked about it. But here's the thing. Don't forget that I'm at 13.5. Oh, right. So you can't. <laughs> right. You know, you can't get elevated anymore. But I actually, I, I thought the same darn thing because, you know, then you have a steady, you know, secured, smooth ride and you're not going on the, those tires. But the thing is, is that, yeah, you're, you're on, you're, you're, if you're maxing out your height. It's too tall. Would, what if yeah. you what if you took the tires off of the trailer and would that bring it down the the hmm. so, well no because the trailer's still super tall it's, still be it's like tall. four feet exactly. tall or something yeah I think it would be too tall but that's a good you know a good thing to follow up on like if um, if yeah I you know I could definitely do some I can check with the trailer company here as well as take some measurements and see just to see. Because and it's interesting because maximum height requirements um, vary from state to state. Right. But the thirteen six is my understanding. That's sort of a universal. Like don't exceed thirteen foot six inches. So mine coming in at thirteen five is. It's cutting it close. <laughs> and I wanna I wanna say. Let's air out of the tires. <laughs> I you know when when it was when it was mounted on its um, jacks its stabilizer jacks and everything we took some measurements and. It was about 14 inches from the ground, so it would be interesting to measure it when your wheels are off. Mm-hmm. What, what that is. So that's a good. That's a good point. Very, very interesting. Um, so okay, so so you're all settled in. Where where did you end up settling? Are you on your mom's property or somewhere else? Um, somewhere else. I'm I'm just at a host's uh, property, and that does that does come up like how uh, when you're interested in tiny houses and you're thinking about um, either building or having one professionally built people, the first question that will be asked is, where are you going to put it? Right. And it's also, it's it's a little bit sensitive. (laughs) (laughs) You guys have maybe touched on this. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, Because because of the, and there's different terms. I love, um, Lena Menard is a a dear friend of mine, love her, and we, you know, coined the phrase illegal. It's, (laughs) It's maybe not quite legal yet. And hopefully not illegal, eh, depending on where you are and what the regulations and zoning and, mm-hmm. and that conversation. So um, I, the, the, how I found my host spot was through a uh, Craigslist ad, and I and I did put it in. Um, I think rentals, housing rentals, and I did have um, something that I recommended to some other friends of mine that are looking for spots is that um, having the video introduction where you're introducing your home as well as yourself. I think is very important because if people are interested in supporting tiny houses or considering hosting, they'd like to know a bit about not only your house but who you are yeah. as an individual. That and, helps. Um, you know, that I think that's that's very helpful. I did have about um, uh, three or four responses, and then hmm. I took a trip 
here um, in January to meet with people and learn more about their uh, properties and then uh, make a selection from there. Interesting. I, 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 how, did, how much, if you don't mind saying, how much do you pay for your slot or spot? Um, it's under, I'll say just under like what you would for an RV parking spot, but okay. it's also a work trade okay. opportunity. So um, that's something that I had offered when I did the Craigslist um, posting in terms of what I would be happy to offer um, to my to my hosts. And was it is it uh, is it on a farm or an uh, orchard or a how in the back of a house? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's sort of a rural area outside of Boulder. Okay. Um, and it's like that kind of beautiful outskirts where you see you know. Um, horses roaming and so this particular nice. spot um, is a home and it has an acre field behind it oh, the, uh, the owners call it the back 40 um, and it's it's um, really really beautiful lots of space wow. I face well I have all kinds of windows in the house now so every direction is is absolutely beautiful I, um, the kitchen and the front door face the mountain range that are um, where Boulder is nestled it's a beautiful little town both of you guys should come and visit. Well, yeah, it's funny because the 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 plate what you're describing now is a far cry different from where you were before, where your yeah. tiny house was basically wedged between a, a bungalow <laughs> and, and a garage, <laughs> and there was probably two feet on either side of space. Uh. No, it's absolutely true. I was we measured it, and from the back of my house to my host Amy's house was about four and a half feet. Wow! So, so there was even an instance where she opened the window and she was calling me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Pass the mustard. Exactly, yeah. right. She's like, come over here. <laughs> so, yes, and, and I do use that same word, wedged. It was um, it was absolutely very a snug little fit. Um, she's a, Amy is a dear friend of mine that I've known for years, and we um, were, when I was in Portland looking for my first spot to put the house, we busted out the measuring tape, and she's like, yeah, it'll fit. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> So I just have one last question on the move, and then I want to talk, spend the rest of the time talking about you or talking with you about yourself. <laughs> um, how, for, the, for the listeners, how much, how much did it cost you to move your tiny house? Wow, it cost way more than I budgeted <laughs> um, because of the unanticipated. I did do some of the preparatory things that we mentioned, um, spare tire, I had new stabilizer jacks, I had purchased the... Um, three-quarter inch plywood boards to help with traction, you know, these sorts of those little things that you might do for preparation. Um, so the whole trip was over $3,000, which was not um, not what I had budgeted for. Um, what did you budget for? The estimate was probably more around two oh. <laughs> 2000 So to me, that felt like it was way over. That's over um, here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I it was an interesting thing. Um, one aspect that maybe other mover, other folks moving, like my house being wedged where it was in Portland, I had to have a heavy hauling company um, that did my local move previously. They had put me in the spot, so they had to take me down so that I would be street level. So right there, that was like three hundred dollars um, oh, wow. just to get me to the street. Yeah, and then the transport company um, had provided an estimate, and then the, all the extra expenses um, due to the um, time and uh, you know, of course, the the tires and everything sure. that happened during the journey. So to me, it was it was pretty darn expensive. Yeah, yeah. To get you onto the street in Portland, did they have to use a crane? Oh, no, no, no. They have, the, so I used, um, and I recommend them, and Lena used them as well. They're called Gerlach Heavy Hauling and Towing, and they're amazing. They just have the right trucks and equipment, like hydraulic um, lifts and things like that. I so see. So they're jacking you up and taking you down, and, and they were um, so very skilled and um, expert. They're the ones that moved me in Portland from the builder to the current spot, wedged me into that spot, and then I felt um, very, very happy. The same guy that moved me in is the one that took me out. Nice. Um, mm. So he knew he knew the house, and, and I had asked him if I was the most um, terrifying move. He was like, nah. <laughs> 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 he was very calm and cool and collectible. They've probably seen, the it, whole all. Thing. They've probably seen it all, yeah. 
Very interesting. So, okay, we don't have a whole lot of time left, but I want to give you an opportunity to plug what you do because it's so unique. So, te- I want Perry to finish this phrase though first. Okay, go, go ahead. back yeah, to sure. a rap reference kind okay, of. Okay, yeah, sure. Do it. And this is from her. This is from her site though. Oh, okay. So it's kind of reference. Okay. You got to finish the sentence. Okay. Oh boy, here we yeah. go. <laughs> Wave your paws in the air. Like you just don't care. You got it. Nice. <laughs> All right. Very nice. All right. So, so tell us about what you do because it is so interesting. And how did you get involved in it? Thank you. Thank you. Um, sure, sure. I am a, a holistic um, pet wellness practitioner. And, and what that means is that um, I was certified um, for therapeutic small animal massage, um, primarily for dogs and cats. Um, which is super healing and beneficial, just like it is for humans. All of the reasons why um, we might um, benefit from a massage is the same for your beloved dog. Um, it's, it's amazing in terms of um, animals that have arthritis or um, hip dysplasia. It might be very common with certain breeds. And so, and then of course, um, mobility issues as we age. But it's also very beneficial for very active dogs, sports dogs, um, so that they're um, being kept uh, in the best possible condition to um, perform, like show dogs and and those dogs that are involved in sports. Um, wow. And then, in addition to the therapeutic massage, I do aromatherapy and then Reiki energy work, and Reiki is a form of um, energy body work that originates from Japan, and um, it's super, super gentle and calming. So they're all complementary types of um, practices that you would get in addition to regular veterinary care. Um, So they're all um, very, very gentle and benevolent um, types of practices. And um, I also do pet sitting and uh, dock walking on top of the holistic therapies. How many uh, are most of your clients the kind of high-end breeds like show dogs and sport dogs? No, currently it's just, it's been... um, it's been a whole uh, a different array. So um, I think most commonly from, from my practice, <clears throat> excuse me, it's been elderly dogs that are encountering mobility issues. Oh. But I've also had um, doggy moms that did a massage for, for their pet, uh, for their pooch's birthday, which is super fantastic just to pamper them. It's very relaxing and calming as well for um, dogs that have uh, fearfulness or anxiety. It's um, great for um, getting them into a space where they can um, more readily engage in training if they're doing behavioral training. Um, so great, no, great questions. Well, no, I've got a ton of more. So, so if I've got a lizard that needs a good rub down, <laughs> no, you can do other animals. <laughs> go ahead. No, that's... Go ahead. Take it. Take it from there. Okay. So, um, I'm 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 laughing because it's just so unique, and I'm sure that animals are are so um, benefited from this practice. But I've never heard this done before. So, how do you? What do you do for? What if you have a cat or a dog that's just wanting to bite your ass? Yeah, that can that can happen. That's true. So no. So to just to kind of preface a bit, I do um, in home. uh, therapy. So, so let's say it's a it's a massage session with your beloved dog, and so when they're in their own home, they feel more comfortable. Usually, um, the pet mom or dad is with me in the room, so they they feel there's not separation anxiety, or they're like, "Who's this? Who's this chick?" I see, <laughs> I see. Um, kind of thing. But I do have a guarantee. So, so what would happen is if if I showed up and and we we're to do the uh, massage session, um, and the um, you know, the Rex, the dog, isn't so into it, and he's um, not not readily <laughs> going for the massage. Then what I do is um, I work with the, the mom or dad um, and show them the most uh, popular sort of massage strokes so that they can do them um, with their own pet themselves. Oh, I'm glad so, you went there, because I thought you were going to just say, you're going to massage the mom or dad instead of the pet. <laughs> so, good, okay. Whew. All right. <laughs> I'm not certified for humans. All right, okay. <laughs> so, it is, so it is a different um, therapeutic methodology for an animal than, than with a human. 
Yes, it is. And, and with my with my certification, I was um, I was taught at a school up in Seattle called the Northwest School of Animal Massage. Wow. And the thing that people I, I I was the same as you, Perry. I didn't I hadn't heard about therapeutic animal massage, but it's um, been around for a really long time for horses. Um, oh. And which makes a lot of sense because yeah. you have a lot of um, show horses. Yeah. They need, they need this um, sort of um, therapy to make sure they're in tip-top shape to be able to perform. Huh. Um, so my director of education wanted to bring it to um, cats and dogs and small animals and, and talk about the, the benefits to them as well. Um, so my certification, I studied over 200 hours, um, and it was a lot of, um, anatomy and physiology, and so you know uh, that. So yes, it's different from just uh, the human, <laughs> the human training, but along the same lines. And why did you decide to go into this field? What were you doing before? Oh, um, before I was with a, a fantastic nonprofit. Um, but my my passion, I've for about fifteen years, I've been volunteering with animal organizations across the board. Um, Wildlife rescues and uh, refuges, um, sanctuaries. I worked at a, um, a horse uh, therapy. The it's uh, called hippotherapy. It's equine therapy where persons with disabilities um, have the opportunity to work with um, horses for healing. Um, gosh, you name it. So I finally, um, with the, it was part of the. The, the journey for me going tiny is to actually do something professionally that I'm super passionate about, which is my, my passions are all earth and environmental based. So it kind of makes sense that I um, love, love, love nurturing and caring for animals as well as I'm um, a gardener. So I'm crazy for plants as well. So. So, the, so the move into a tiny house financially afforded you the ability to do the work you're doing? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, I, so what I like to describe is that I was able to reduce my environmental footprint for, for let's see, 90%, I think, and then with reduction in living expenses, uh, meaning, you know, utilities, uh, rent, that kind of thing, I reduced my living expenses by at least 70%. So that's significant enough to where um, my job, I could <laughs> kind of move on from that and start my own uh, practice. So that's that's what I did. So yeah, the tiny house was um, a part of that plan, um, and just um, completely like a holistic, if that makes any sense, like complete transition of life in terms of how I lived um, and uh, the work I do and how I can be fully fulfilled and happy <laughs> in this um, particular life. What were you when you were living when you were working for the nonprofit? What were you living in? I had um, it was really interesting. So I had a, a nine hundred square foot um, little house um, out in Southwest uh, Portland, and um, I do I had volunteered with um, Cole over at Caravan yeah. for mm. um, different accessory dwelling unit, AD huh. tours and things. And the 900 square foot is average per capita per person. Huh. And then the average house in Portland is about 2,400 square feet. So I was I was living in the 900 square feet, which is, is average per capita. Very interesting. And and if someone, if someone, if a tiny houser has a dog or a cat or a gerbil or something that you want, that they want uh, to hook you up with and get a massage, um, how, or some sort of therapy, Mark's laughing at me. I'm trying to plug you so you can get a chance to get some customers. How do they reach? How do they reach you? Oh, sure. So the the name of my business for my holistic practice yeah. is called Now and Zen Z E N Pet dot com. Now Zen Pet dot com. Now and Zen. Now and Zen. Got it. Com. And then it's also linked. I do need to do some updates um, regarding my location. But if they go to Lilypad Planet, um, they'll find um, information about the um, pet care as okay. well on LilypadPlanet.com. Okay. Are you are you from Canada? I lived. Uh, <laughs> I so so yeah. 
So I lived in uh, Montreal for a while, and I used to work for Cirque du Soleil, which was what? super no. fascinating. And I try to say that I was a trapeze artist, but it was not. I can't ever pull it off. I actually was hired on for information technologies. I was teaching computer applications at Cirque du Soleil. Wow. And then I transitioned into uh, the communications department there. So it wasn't quite as, as thrilling as being a contortionist or a trapeze <laughs> artist, but... I did, um, I think what happened is after working for several years with the French Canadians, the out and about, they, that yeah, stuff. No. Yes. <laughs> because now you ask, like, if you say out, it just, it's, it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> That's why I asked, because yeah. sometimes you were saying about, but then other times you were saying okay. about. Okay. <laughs> ah. Very interesting. Fascinating that you work for Cirque du Soleil. I wish we had more time to oh dive my into God. that one. Yeah, there's a I, whole different thing going on. Yeah, it would be great to hear more about that. But I ran away. I literally ran away with the circus. Wow. Yep. That is so cool. Cirque du Soleil in a tiny hat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be something. Hey, on that note, I did have a mad Alice in Wonderland birthday party in the tiny house, which what? I thought was really, really cool. Um, because it's all about perspective. We had a giant teacup, we had a tiny teacup, and then um, it was it was mad fun. How many people came to that party? <laughs> the, oh my goodness, maybe twenty. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, it was literally standing room only. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Anita, this has been a wonderful time. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Very fun. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. And uh, tune in next week, uh, Tiny House listeners, and we're going to be able to tell you who we're talking with next week. That is going to be... Renee Hardy. And who is she? There's no other notes here. I okay. have no idea. But, <laughs> but the week after that schedule that we've been trying to get this guy on the books for a long time Who is, this? is Joe Jenkins. What? Joe Jenkins? Do you know who he is? No. Joe Jenkins, <laughs> author of The Humanure Hand. Oh, fantastic. We'll, we'll be talking about shit that we had. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, listeners, you for listening to yet another episode of Tiny House Podcast, and we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sitecast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. 